Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Friday, everybody. Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks. Casey pushing all the right buttons. Going through a little adversity right now. It's just one of those days, Casey. It's always something, man. It's always something, but come on, man. It's Friday, all right? I mean, if you want to have a foot in the parking lot, have a foot in the parking lot, all right? A lot of stuff going on this weekend. Hella mega tour. Are you going to that or not? Nah, I got those tickets sold, so that's good. Oh, you sold them? Yep, we're chilling. Now, you should probably say this, not the tickets that we have been giving people, but other tickets that you've purchased yourself. Correct, not the free tickets that I'm, I was yeah. giving out. Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to save you from further implication Appreciate and that. stuff like that. You're very welcome. We talked about the NBA draft a little bit last night, you know, and I'll be honest with you, with Russell Westbrook and everything, that was the big news. Now, Casey, I did like I was going to say, and I watched it. But overall, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing too crazy. Yeah, some guys went higher, some guys went lower. But, I mean, more than likely, man, it was a pretty standard NBA draft. And when I say pretty standard, I mean pretty boring. What up, What uh, takes longer, the NBA Go draft on. or uh, WWE or you, uh, uh, WrestleMania? Or are you getting here on time? Ouch. <sighs> no, it only took like a no, minute. No, I'm kidding, dude. Um, I would say I'm so hot that you don't even feel hot. Like, <laughs> I think we're at that point. Like, everybody's like, I, I saw Boris's forecast last night. It was supposed to be about 107 feel like and 109 feel like at mm-hmm. different hours of late morning, early afternoon. 109 feel like. I mean, that's pretty dang hot. I thought Toasty. the first two days were really hot. I actually didn't think today was as hot. So I'm almost wondering if I'm like the guy who gets in the, 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 the ice bath. Yeah. And I'm so numb that I don't even know it's cold anymore. Well, I mean, you, you, you literally... <laughs> Can it happen with the heat? Well, I think, I mean, unless you're just, you're probably conditioned to it now, man. You're getting used to it. Yeah, staying I don't mind the heat to day. begin with, and yeah. certainly not, I don't, I'm not boy, running do I around, mind it. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, but I mean, boy, do I mind it still. <laughs> yeah. Just because the way I sweat. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to the NFL, and we'll get to the Jags, and, and my observations uh, from being out there today, and, and the latest on the Jags. That's some fun topics with the Jaguars. But the big story right now, Major League Baseball tra- deadline, yeah. and Javi Baez, Jacksonville guy. Well, not really from Jacksonville, but he plays high school ball in Jacksonville, so we claim him. And I, for my money, mm. Javi Baez is the most entertaining player in the game. I know a lot of people say Ronald Acuna, and that's fine. I, I'm cool with you, you saying that. That's He is super entertaining player. And Fernando Tatis now might be in that same category. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he is in the category, but there are there are several. There are a lot of great guys to watch. I think Javi Baez is just awesome to watch play the game. Mm-hmm. And he's going to the Mets, it looks like. So now you have really two of the most fun guys in my estimation, Francisco Lindor and Javi Baez. I'm assuming they're going to put Baez at second? Yeah. Right? Yes. Is that what they're going to do over there? Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't really read much about what the Mets were going to do if they got him. I saw that he said he wouldn't mind playing with Lindor. Uh, but I kind of wondered how they – I mean, what a middle. I mean, what an unbelievable middle. You talk about a smile. You want to bring some smiles to, to Mets fans and to New York? Mm-hmm. They just play the game with a smile. I mean, that's the cool part, and they're really talented, of course, too. So I think that's uh, that's a cool move at the, at the deadline. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening. We can talk about that later. But that is happening like now. That's big news coming in. <laughs> for the Mets, uh, who lead the NL East, and really Javi Baez with some local ties. I'll give you one other thing. I heard this. Uh, this was a good nugget, by the way, on – I was watching MLB Network, and I thought it was a really 
I, I haven't heard this before, and some other folks around here might know, but apparently when Javi Baez was playing baseball for Arlington Country Day here, mm-hmm. his high school team played against Francisco Lindor's high school team, and I don't even know where that was. Orlando, he's from Orlando. He's, well, I don't know which exactly he played for. And so they said the game was billed as like, oh, my goodness, right? <laughs> These two guys, like they were that good at the time. So they said there were every scout on the planet was there, yeah. and they both like delivered. They mm-hmm. played unbelievable that game. So it's like a legendary game in the state of Florida. I hadn't really heard much about that before. Um, I've heard Javi Baez around here and what he did. And I can tell you this, I know from being down at Creekside, Creekside's a hard place to hit a home run. There's only been like 10 home runs hit in a game in at Creekside High School. It's a big field. The ball doesn't fly out of there. Mm-hmm. It's actually not like a huge field. The ball doesn't fly out of there. There's only been 10 home runs, I believe, that have been hit in a game since they started the school in 2009. Dang. Well, Baez hit two of them. Sounds about so, right. You know, yeah. So he's got Sounds his name right. on that field, too. Uh, it's not really got his name there, but he's got some memories there. So anyway, uh, Javi Baez going to the Mets, it looks like. That's a heck of a move for the Mets. I love it for the Mets, and the Cubs have just dismantled. you got to feel bad for Cubs fans. Oh, I, feel, um, I feel great for Cubs fans. This is what you get. <laughs> and End of an era. Yeah. Welcome to welcome to the rebuilding part of your <laughs> franchise now. Uh, I hope you enjoy that one World Series that you had because now it's back to the dump you go and have fun hanging out with Pittsburgh every single year. I will um, – I thought about this coming in. Pretty wild, right? The Cubs – what year was that they won? Was it 16, 17, 16? Uh, yeah. Whatever I mean, year. I, so they I, win. I, I cleared 16, out my mind. 16. And the Nationals won in what, 19? That's not right? Yes, yeah. Who won last year? Dodgers the won Dodgers. last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you're talking about two of the last – 17, 18, 19, 20 uh, – five mm-hmm. World Series champs have totally dismantled now their rosters. Totally dismantled it. And by the way, before the Nationals won it, mm-hmm. they actually unloaded Bryce Harper. He wasn't even on the team that won it. True. But they have dismantled their championship teams, which, you know, sometimes is the way of the world. But it also is like, man, what a bummer. Just it, Sports in that in today's age stinks sometimes because of that, because of the amount of salaries, because of, you know, you, you don't want guys on the roster making that kind of money as they get older. You want to always be younger. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the way it is. I mean, I'm not blaming them, although Cubs fans are certainly blaming, like, the Ricketts. And they want them to sell that thing. They don't like what they're doing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, they won a World well, Series five years ago, Cubs fans. I don't know what you can complain about. I mean, you had 100-and-something years of not winning. Yeah, sure, I mean, sure. that's going to last a little bit. <laughs> no, it'll last a little bit for sure. But that to me, that's what makes baseball so great is every single year, you're not sure who's going to the big show. You know, I mean, when, when you know, when you have these teams that, you know, they can't fork over the hundreds of millions of dollars that it costs to keep some of their star players and those star players go someplace else, to me, it, it makes it a little more interesting. You know, I, I think that, you know, back in the day when the Yankees were doing their thing, like, yeah, it was like, all right, you're basically buying championships. I feel like those days are gone now. I mean, you, you can try to spend as much money as you want, but if you don't have the right players and the right chemistry, you're not going to win the whole thing. So that's, to me, like – it, it kind of praises this type of, of setup now where it's like you build through the farm system. When the farm system's there, you bring in the, you know, the high-priced priority guys, and then you try to win a championship. Yeah, love it. Kaylee, like, is, somehow she became a Cubs fan, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Ty's a Rays fan, a Red Sox fan, told them they would be disowned if they are uh, Yankees fans. And we, seriously, they knew that as a kid. Like, you go into your room if you root for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So they, I survived that. They're not Yankees fans. But, of course, Rizzo, Kaylee wears number 44, when she plays mm-hmm. for Anthony Rizzo. And so he goes to the Yankees. And 
I don't even I don't think she has anything Rizzo related in her room, but she redid her whole room to be Cubs. Okay. Again, I have no Gross, idea where but, this okay. this affiliation with the Cubs came from. I mean, obviously impressionable well, she, 2016. I was going to say, I mean, Chris Bryant's they won. probably cute, you yeah, know, those yeah. kind of things. Mm -hmm. But uh, she's got like a big fat head of Chris Bryant. Okay. Well, Bryant's going to be a Cub for about 49 more minutes probably, right? Oh, yeah. Has he moved yet? He hasn't moved yet. And now if he doesn't go, because they were talking about extending Baez, but now if since Baez Maybe is they, gone, you might be able to keep Bryant. It's a whole mess. If you're a baseball fan, hold on for 49 minutes. The <laughs> Phillies have already answered the Mets move, making moves. The Nationals, what do the Phillies do? Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy. Oh, they got Gibson. I thought the Red Sox might go get a guy like Gibson. Gibson's had a good year. Not a good career, though. No, he hasn't been good at all, but he's had a very good year. That is true. Uh, hold on. Just hold on, people. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Well, it is interesting. The Cubs, We'll talk about it a little bit later on, but the Cubs, I mean, they basically were going to pick, like, one guy to sign, right? And I, I'm surprised Baez isn't the guy. I mean, to me, Baez, as you, a middle infielder. You can't sign a guy that strikes out and swings and misses as much as he does. Ah, it's the world, though. I mean, that's the I mean, look. Chris Bryant doesn't strike out that he much. He doesn't. He's having a – but he he just doesn't seem to have the flair, the pop. the. If I'm coming to the ballpark, I'm coming to watch Javi Baez play. That's my point. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, Chris Bryant's a good player, and he can play a lot of different positions, and he's a good cub. He really is. There's a lot of good things to say about him. But I'm coming to the park to watch Javi Baez play. Yeah. And that's the game now. I mean, look at Stanton's got a $350 gazillion contract and strikes out like every other time up, it feels like. So uh, it's just the way it is. All right, let's get some football. Went baseball heavy there for a bit. But that is the new news. Javi Baez and uh, Francisco Lindor going to hook up in, in New York. I think that'll be entertaining for the Mets, <laughs> not the Yankees. Um, practice today. You know, I usually save the observations, if you don't mind. I'm going to go to the observations right away. Let's get them, I think huh? there's a lot to talk about yeah. about these uh, observations. And you know me, I'm Sunshine and Rainbows guy. Sure. But I'm just going to be honest with you. Today, I thought the offense fell a little flat. Mm -hmm. I thought the offense had the dropsies a bit, a little sloppy, not like anything, oh, my gosh, alarming. But I just thought maybe it was a little more the defense. Maybe the defense kind of – it's hard to tell in pads, like, does the defense really win the day? Mm -hmm. I saw ETN drop a couple passes. Uh, Jalen Camp, I don't know if you'd call it a drop. I thought he should have ran through the ball and had a deep ball uh, early in the practice. I thought Chark dropped a pass uh, right near the end zone. It was a sharp pass, but he should have had it. He would say so, too. Um, and there was somebody else over the middle. So it was funny. Gene Fernand and I were sitting there watching practice, and he was kind of saying, he's like, I haven't seen, you know, what we haven't seen a lot of is drop passes first couple of days. And then it was like, boom, 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 oh, boom. Oh, yeah. Boom. Asking <laughs> like, you shall receive. <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. So. If I'm being completely honest, one of my observations today was hey, the receivers dropped passes. Yeah. Um, and, and the ball in air and, and the quarterback to receiver exchange have looked very good on the first couple of days. Mm -hmm. uh, not so much. And I don't even think it was really the quarterback's fault. I think they were catchable balls. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we look at ETN as a pass catcher. I saw him on two different fields drop a couple passes. I saw him catch some too. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was uh, one of my observations. Keep an eye on that. And, and, that's going to happen, I think, during well, the course of a camp. Yeah, and it's weird. You know, like, usually if it happens in a game, it's maybe one player, and then other players can you know, kind of help him out a little bit and, and make up for his mistakes. But when you talk about a practice, you know, if, if there's a case of the dropsies, it, it's a contagious thing, it seems to be like in practice, especially training camp, you know. So um, that does happen. You know, it happens on defense, too. Sometimes defense, you make so many mental mistakes, and all of a sudden the defense has a really bad day at practice. Well, by the sounds of it, because I wasn't there today, but it sounds like the offense didn't have their best day at practice. 
and, and that's going to happen. What it's about now is learning from that, though, and not stringing together two bad practices back-to-back. And not you making that make a narrative, for right, Correct. for a player, for the offensive unit. I mean, we've had narratives in the past mm-hmm. where the drops have been like, okay, that's a lot. Is this going to stop? For sure. I don't think that's going to be the case here in Jacksonville, but uh, it was a little bit today. Uh, I'm supposed to do this quick, and I'm not. Uh, Urban Meyer and the fans, I thought that's kind of, that was cool. Like, Urban, eh, as part of it, they said, hey, probably on fans are going to be there, season ticket members. But Urban, we have talked about, he's such a good communicator. Mm-hmm. We believe that's kind of the secret sauce, you know, of his success. It's such a good communicator and, and culture builder. Well, part of this is, man, you have got to appreciate that he wants to be in Jacksonville. He's come to Jacksonville to rally everybody. He says, players, you're going to want to be here. Fans, you're going to want to be here. You're going to like this team. We need you. We love you. How much has Jacksonville fans been you-know-what on over the years by everybody outside of here? And Urban Meyer, who's seen 100,000 seat stadiums packed with Buckeye fans and Gator fans and others. He's saying, I'm not coming in here saying we've got a bad fan base. We've got a bad stadium. We love you. We need you. And of course, own it. You know, I love what Urban has done just about every move. I mean, there's been a couple critical moves. I get it. But I mean, the way he's really set the table for everything going into the season and the latest example of it is the fans. So what I enjoy so far about this Urban Meyer regime is that this organization is getting the fans involved and they're making the fans feel heard um, and appreciated. Because when you talk about in the past, like whether it was like a slogan, whether it was like a hype video, like, yeah, obviously this organization, they always care about their fans, right? But Urban Meyer is almost like a one-man PR department. And not to knock the PR department they have right now because the PR department is great here in Jacksonville. But I'm saying like nothing beats good PR like Urban Meyer talking to the fans directly and saying, you know, we're, we're going to change things around. We need you guys as well. That that you haven't really seen a lot of. You know, you maybe heard in a press conference or something like that. But actually to be there at training camp and address the fans yourself in person, that's different. And to me, that's making the fans feel more appreciated. And that's what you want. You you want that stadium sold out, um, you know, when, when you're hosting week two. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's rare. I don't think you see it a lot in the NFL, probably more of a college thing in terms of dealing with boosters and all that stuff. But I like what Urban Meyer's doing there. Yeah, I think he, he listen, he's uh, he's smart. He knows it. And uh, But I, his messaging is consistent. Let's just say that. All right, last thing, observation-wise, and this one we're really going to jump on, okay, coming okay. up uh, after the break. Caleb on Chase on caught my attention yesterday. I think I told you that, and then I never really used it as my observation. I probably could have. But a couple different plays, I was like, hey, man, he, first of all, he looks good. We've already noticed that when he uh, – weeks ago months ago but hey just a couple of plays yesterday and I, it's not like i watched 45 in the defense like every play mm-hmm. but a couple of times i watched it was noticeable it was good mm-hmm. uh today we spent some time talking to joe cullen mm-hmm. and we got a chance to talk to josh allen and it's i think josh allen's gonna have a huge season mm-hmm. and you couple it with a growing in the growth of caleb on chase on and this defensive scheme and the word thrive comes to mind. I think Caleb on Chase on Josh Allen are going to have an opportunity to have chances. 
I think Josh Allen, because I've seen it before and I know what he's got, I can I can say with conviction, I think this guy's going to be huge this year. We're going to really get into that. I can't go that dramatic and say that about Caleb on Chase on. He had a very disappointing rookie year. So I don't know what that means, but I think it's going to be much better. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got a chance to really excel in this scheme with what they're doing. And I think he's flashed a little bit in the early days as much as a defensive player can flash in the trenches uh, here this early in camp. Yeah, so what I've seen from Caleb on Chase on so far, obviously in terms of the pass rush, like that's going to be one of the guys that you're going to depend on hands down. But keep in mind what we're talking about here and where Joe Cullen is coming from. He's coming from a Baltimore Ravens defense that also took pride in stopping the run. So when you see the first couple of days of how they're using their rotation right now on base packages, you know, Chason's not out there. He He's more of that third down guy. I think right now the biggest thing that Chason has to do in training camp is, is show the coaches that he's physical enough, um, that he's determined enough to, to play the run just like he, he, he can play the pass. And if that's the case, then, yeah, I think he's going to be your bona fide starter. I don't think it's already on paper saying he's going to be, you know, the, the opposite uh, to Josh Allen. We all know that Josh Allen's starting. I mean, that's that's obvious. I think Chase on for sure on passer situations, but I still think they got to see more out of him um, in, the, in the run game, depending what kind of defensive scheme they run. Going back uh, real quick, I was going to put this in my observations. And I said, you know what, I'll do it as an extension of the dropsies because the, the pass catchers today, overall, I would say they're going to look at that film. They're not going to have their best day. But I said this on Twitter when I was out there, and a guy that keeps catching my attention, I don't really think he's going to be like this major factor, and I'm not telling you like, oh, here we go, watch. But <laughs> we kind of joked, my early darling of camp. If you If you go here, where are you going? I'm not going Tebow. Okay, I thought you were going Tebow. Like, you, you, thought, you like the rest of them, man. I'm like the rest of what? Don't be afraid of Tebow. Don't be I'm afraid like the of the Tebow what? conversation. Dude, how, how many times did you tweet about Tim Tebow today, though? I didn't. It, oh, one, sure? one pass oh, catch. Okay, then. He so there we go. He threw it to made a catch. Trevor Lawrence threw it to him. What am I Was supposed to do? That was like seven on seven red zone stuff. What, were they wearing pads? <laughs> Brent? Were they wearing pants? Hey, afraid. Hey. Yeah, he's so hey. Tebow scared. You, you just said that I'm afraid of him, and you're the guy that's talking about him. So which one is it right now? Listen, Tebow, uh, one time. Yeah, you're drink, you'll are you be drinking that Tebow Kool-Aid soon enough. Now I'm all set right now. <laughs> Tell me which one it is. No, I, I, Josh Hammond is the guy that catches my okay. attention. Number okay. 81 for the Jags wide receiver, former Gator. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I, I said it early. Like I was kind of said it to myself early today because I noticed him a couple times already uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then early in practice when I was out there, I was like, man, there he is, another catch. There he is, another catch. Mm-hmm. And then I even said it to somebody and like three times after that, another catch. Even after the drops, another catch, another mm-hmm. catch. Guy has good hands. Like that's kind of what he's been given a chance. And, and I'm not sitting here and telling you, oh, look out, man. Got to be the fourth wide receiver, going to the fifth wide receiver. <laughs> we haven't really identified any camp darlings so far sure and i think right now the early camp darling for me josh is josh hammond he's really catching everything in sight keep an eye on number 81 if you go out there tomorrow or sometime next week i like it uh but having a good start to camp are we talking are we, is it full pads tomorrow uh, i don't think or full pads is until tuesday tuesday okay. i think tuesday is the first day I mean, of full pads uh, I feel like don't, might, don't you go three days of just helmets and then you go something else i got the schedule i'll have to okay. check it out yeah yeah um, all right i want to start with the defense, we got the chance to talk to Joe Cullen a little bit today. I like it. Uh, gave us a little more insight on what is a hard defense to pencil in. It really is. And that's purposeful on Joe Cullen's part. And then we give way to Josh Allen because I'm telling you, folks, I don't try to say outlandish stuff on our shows 
All right. I'll give you my opinion. And but once in a while, I want to put a little exclamation point after it. And I really feel and I love this guy, too. So maybe it's a little bit of bias. But I think Josh Allen's going to have a huge year mm-hmm. based off what you said about what we've seen uh, months ago where they're going to. We're going to put this defense right for him to set up to do well. Mm -hmm. What he said today, how he looks, how he feels, all this stuff. Uh, Josh Allen's going to be big. We'll get into it. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Happy Friday, everybody. Stay cool out there. Stay cool and just listen to us. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. This scheme, 4-3-3-4, will be multiple in our scheme, but we can have four-man fronts, and then basically... We can have three-man fronts, five-man fronts with five down. So I think with the guys that we have up front and the competition, we'll have different package groupings that you won't know who's coming, who's blitzing, what personnel grouping we're in. We'll have all DBs and then five guys up front. So I think we'll be able to, once everything's settled, really, really hone in on different packages. That is Joe Cullen. I said to Joe today, off to the side, I said, Joe, I I said what I told you. Jones came up to you the other day and said, what's the matter? I didn't hear you out there. Yep. See, he's got to pace himself. He's in a different role now. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm telling Defensive you. coordinator. I'm telling you. Joe is a really good guy. He's the best. He really is a good guy. He's the best. He makes you feel good, mm-hmm. you know? He's like, it, it, you know, he even, it's, it's not just me, whether it's, <laughs> he starts, he's like, Gene, you look, you look hot, you know? <laughs> but he's like, oh, good question. That's a good question, you know? And uh, yeah. he said, hey, Brent, I've seen you around a while, you know? I mean, yeah, he's just yeah. that guy. It's like he's Uncle Joe. For sure. Maybe we start calling Joe Uncle Joe. Yeah. Well, now he, he, he's Uncle Joe to you. Well, that's it. I don't care what to, he is to, to you. To I the players, to play for well, I'm saying to the players, it used to be dictator Joe a little bit. But, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just that. Hey, I mean, that with all due respect, obviously. He's really a good dude. He's the best. I mean, I think I'm going to go. I'm gonna, I am wonder if he minds if I do that. One of the Uncle best coaches Joe, I ever had. Maybe he'll send me. You should go on to be the look of this defense. Because I don't think we've seen this before. Again, you've seen four three three four principles, hybrid defenses. That's what people do. But I think this is going to be really hard from a fan standpoint, and even from us. And we've had we've wrestled with this, and you're a guy who knows it and played it. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to pencil in people in certain positions as it sits right now. Cullen did say today he's got stuff in his mind, but they're going to show so many different looks: three men up front, four men up front, five guys up front. You know all these different things, and and they have the versatility in players. At least they feel so. Goes back to your observation on Wednesday of where Devon Hamilton was, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where Malcolm Brown was. That I just think because we are we like to predict and pencil in and say this is what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. I think that makes it very difficult on us for the next five or six weeks to be like, what does this really look like? Yeah. And that's because of this new schematic defense that Joe Cullen has brought over. I still believe it's going to be three, four based, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's going to have a lot of these four man fronts, five man fronts. It's going to be multiple as they would say. And that's what Joe just said. Uh, but it's going to be unique. It's going to be full of disguise. It's going to keep people guessing. And uh, hopefully that means it's good and, and gives the Jags an advantage. No, for sure. Um, that is the biggest thing is that there's going to be a variety of, w- of what you see on defense. And we see that individual when they're working out. We see that in team periods. Now, keep in mind, at least the first two days that I was there, it was a lot of nickel and it was a lot of pass plays, right? Um, 
traditionally your base three four is going to be like out of a run formation on first down well we haven't really seen a lot of that especially with pads on so it's hard to really sink your teeth in and say okay this is exactly what, what the base defense is going to look like because I was under the impression when Joe Cullen says our base will be 3-4. Okay, I assume you'll beat a lot of, you know, three defensive linemen with their hands in the dirt. Then you got, you know, Josh Allen and whoever else on the outside standing up playing outside linebacker. We really haven't seen a lot of that. Yet. Yeah, you said that. that. that, that yeah. You haven't seen that. You've seen more of what you're, you're accustomed to seeing um, this past year. And now, once again, that's because you're nickel a lot. And obviously, it's past, past rushing situations. So you're not going to see them, you know, try to stop the run per se right now. But when the pads come on and when you start doing team inside and team goal on things like that, I'm very curious to see what this defense will look like then because that's when you're going to have an idea of what the base could possibly look like. Like we've, we've seen some things, we've seen some wrinkles, but we haven't seen what the base is going to be like yet because, well, there have been a lot of base defense. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't – I just – it's hard for me because I really – it's so easy for me in the past. It's not like this – I always try to tell people I'm not this X's and O's schematic football guy, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to sit there and tell you they're going to play this defense and this guy's going to be the two gap. And this, yeah. That's not me. But what's easy for me is the 4-3 is like, okay, I got two game guys in the middle. I got guys that can rush a passer on the outside. I got three linebackers. Like, it's been like that for so long around here. Yeah. Then that's that's what it is. It's not that. It's just not. They're going to move Miles Jack inside and outside. They're going to move Josh Allen all over the line of scrimmage. Uh, they're going to move him. He might drop back a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we don't know where the heck Jihad Ward's playing. Yeah. We tried to figure it out. We don't know. Strong side linebacker, defensive end. I mean, we have no idea. So I think that's a that's fun. That's fun. It's different. I think I think it actually is the the rest of it looks like football, and yeah, you have a guy who can throw the football better than anybody who's thrown the football around here in a long time, and you, you have Urban Meyer, might be the best coach that they've had in a while. He's going to do things different. But I'm telling you, if you look at their defense, if you come to camps, if you go to preseason games, you go and watch the Jags a lot, I think the most noticeable thing for us and for the fan is going to be this defense is really going to line up differently. Mm-hmm. And they might line up differently on every play. Uh, so... I'm excited to see that. No, without a doubt. You know, and, and once again, we we haven't seen even a 20% of what this defense is going to be looking like. But I also think, like, the way that I saw Bob Sutton, you know, senior defensive analyst, I think is his title, kind of go around the field a little bit and kind of look over everything. Like, I get it. Joe Cullen and some other guys have come over from Baltimore. So one would assume, okay, you see Baltimore's defense, you see what they're doing, that'll be kind of like the next thing the Jaguars do, right? At least a lot of principles to that. I do agree with that, but the way that I've seen them in team periods so far, the way that, you know, once again, and this is just a couple practices, it reminds me a lot so far of what I played in Kansas City and more of that Bob Sutton defense a little bit in terms of, you know, you're still blitzing, but, and, I, and I've echoed this many times, but you, you're, you're setting guys like Josh Allen up to succeed, mm-hmm. right? You're... You, you have these certain packages and then these certain these certain personnel packages that you like and that you're going to call at any certain time. So all of a sudden it's first down, okay, maybe bring a certain package in. Second down, next package. That's kind of what I'm seeing so far. Now, once again, once we get more pads on and we start stopping the run a little more, that could change. But what I've seen so far reminds me a lot like I saw in Kansas City. What's going to be fascinating to me is when you try new things and when you say multiple and you try to disguise can your guys handle that, mm-hmm. right? Baltimore had a lot of veteran guys, and I feel like 
okay, they've been playing around the game for a while. They got a guys that fit the system. They can handle that. Mm-hmm. Do some of the younger players, the Jags players, uh, and they're not all young on the defensive side, by the way. They have plenty of veterans now. I mean, Roy Robertson Harris is a veteran guy. Jod Ward's a veteran guy. Miles Jack's a veteran guy. Joe Schobert's a veteran guy. Josh Allen's now year three. I mean, they're not throwing out a, a ton of young guys. Mm-hmm. But young, old, whatever, can you handle all of it? Right, because what we've experienced around here are guys that haven't been able to handle playing multiple positions or playing not their primary position. From a Taven Bryan who tried something new at the outset of his career didn't work out very well. Miles Jack better suited now in the in the middle where he is, uh, or I'm sorry, on the weak side where he was last year than where he had been playing for the first couple of years. Right, yeah. that's where he had his career year. So I got a little scar tissue there. Well, as and, right, and, and this is the biggest thing, as you should. Um, these are questions that need to be raised because this defense is going to be complicated. It, there's going to be a lot of checks. There's going to be a lot of calls, and people have to be on the same page. If history is the indicator right now, the past couple years, guys have not been on the same page. True. Those checks were not made. Those calls were not made. So, yeah, you're absolutely a little nervous now, especially in the secondary, when you have a very young secondary with guys like Tyson Campbell now, when you have guys um, like C.J. Henderson. Who still can't even bet on the field. Andre Sisco, yeah. you know, if, if we expect him to be the starter eventually. There are a lot of young guys in that secondary, and it does make you a little nervous yeah. because it doesn't matter what type of defense you have. If you have mental breakdowns, if you miss calls, doesn't matter how good you are. No. You're, you're going to surrender 88-yard plays, you know, 88 out the gate, and it's going to be a touchdown. So that does make me a little nervous. So obviously going through that playbook, going through things on air the, the, as much as you can, what that situation now. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I just – it hit me in the face again today that really, especially when we're talking to Joe Cullen and Josh Allen, and we're going to talk more about Josh Allen a little bit here and probably Caleb on Chase on, but it's it's going to look different, folks, and that's that's cool. But Because, by the way, listen, you can sit here and – I know the defense wasn't good last year, but over the years, even when the Jags have not been very good, you played on a couple of these teams, the defense, it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Like, the defense has been good when the Jags are bad. It's, it wasn't just like 2017 and that's it. I yeah. mean, I think even leading up to 2017, the Jags had like a top five defense in 2016. Yeah. And they won three games. Mm-hmm. You played on a defense that was top 10 and you won we're, like... We were six, I believe. Six yeah. and, and, and won what? And team defense, uh, what? Two, four games, or, no, five yeah, games? It would have been four, I think. Whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I seem to forget it about it. It went a lot. That's <laughs> was not point. a lot whatsoever. So it's not like this, this organization has really struggled mm-hmm. in the win-loss record, but it, it's really... Not a lot blamed on the defense. Last year, really, it stu- stuck out, stuck oh, out yeah. that it was the defense. Because it, it was the big plays. You yeah. know, it was it was the 20-yard plays here. They're like, I mean, really it was the last just so two porous. years now. Because remember, they gave up like five 200-yard yeah. rushing games the, yeah. the year prior. Yeah. But I just if you're new to the Jags and, hey, the Jags have been so bad because their defense, their defense, that mm. really hasn't been the mantra. Mm-hmm around here that much Uh, i got a couple phone calls that we'll get to here in uh, just a moment keep talking about uh, the jacksonville jaguars Uh, in in a bit here i do want to spin this toward josh allen josh allen talked today uh he was fantastic on a couple of different topics and i truly believe exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point it's about as dramatic as brent gets i think this is going to be a monster year i hope i'm right i uh, i'm a fan of josh allen i think he's a heck of a football player and i think based off what Joe Cullen has said, what Josh has said, what Austin has said, that this is set up for Josh Allen to have a big-time year. That should get us excited here in Jacksonville. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 as the Major League Baseball trade deadline gets underway. Ty and Kaylee have not been traded yet. We'll be back. <laughs> 
Right now, we're, we're keeping him inside. But we'll, there'll be some things where he'll move all around. You'll, you won't know where he's at. But he, right now, we're honing in with him being on, on the inside. But there are some things we'll do where he'll be on the outside. That's Joe Cullen talking about Miles Jack. Miles Jack's interesting here, right? Because if there is that 3-4 look, that means he is on the inside. Yep. And he just thrived being on the outside of the 4-3 with the weak side linebacker spot. Yeah. So but, uh, we're, don't we have a little bit of concern, if I remember, in the offseason mm, about him? No, because remember, um, what they're going to ask him to do is Schobert's going to be like the true middle linebacker. Yeah. So he's the guy that's setting the defense, setting the formation, all that. Jack is really going to work off of it's going to be that, that big defensive end. So he's, he's just going to be responsible for one gap, but then he also has the ability to blitz, drop back into coverage, and really move around the field. So you're really utilizing what Miles Jack is great at, and that's athleticism. Okay, good. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I said this to Marcel today because we were doing a story for first and 10 training camp coming up tonight at 1115. I'm, I'm, my focus was on the defense in this 3-4 and, and the schematic change and Josh Allen. And so I said, like, Josh Allen to me is the best player on defense. I oh, yeah. Think. If yeah, I had yeah, you the best yeah, player yeah. on defense was. Of course. Well, Miles Jack can't be too far behind, can he? I mean, I guess Miles I, Jack played well, unbelievable. Yeah. No, year. for sure. But I'm biased because in terms of having influence on the game, obviously the, the quarterback sacks, all that stuff, I think I, I give the advantage to the edge rusher a little more. Yeah. And so my, my point being, okay, you're going to design things around Josh Allen. But what mm -hmm. you're just saying, too, is really if you can – let your playmakers be playmakers, mm -hmm. right? Josh Allen, let him do his thing. Miles Jack, let him run free and go make plays and wreak havoc. If you can do that with those two guys, this defense has a chance to be pretty dynamic because those two guys are dynamic. They're very good, and they can be playmakers if put in the right position. No, without a doubt. You know, and once again, and we don't know what this defense is going to look like. I've said this many times before, but assuming it's going to be some sort of 3-4 defense where, you know, you have Miles Jack essentially playing the Jack, how, how easy is that to remember? Um, he'll be responsible for what they call it scraping or, or filling. And basically, he's got one gap. You got to be there. Now, on Schobert, it's going to be a little more difficult, right? Because it's about reading, recognizing, coming downhill. And I think the biggest question mark out of the linebackers is, is Joel Schobert big enough to do that? Right, that's what we kind of broke down, um, you know, early in, in OTAs or whatever. But as far as Miles Jack's concerned, I think Joe Collin will set him up for success. You realize you got an athletic freak on your hands, and he's going to utilize that to the best of his abilities. Listen, I'm going more on Josh Allen in just a couple minutes. Let's get to the phone lines first, though. South Beach Gary been hanging around, haven't heard from him in a while. Mm. What's happening? Mm. Is Avian Howard still playing? <laughs> as far as I know, but. Uh... It's a fluid situation. Uh, a couple things. Uh, I'd like to talk about the Magic's draft in a second. But first, Austin, you were talking about run defense, and uh, I was just curious. Uh, they always say, you know, d stopping the runs is a matter of attitude and mm -hmm. discipline and staying home. How, how often when teams overstun, how, how often does that cause problems in stopping the run teams? And it seems like when they teams seem to simplify – their defensive style, they seem to be more successful. Am I, am I off base in that? Well, no, no, you're not off base at, at all, South Beach, Gary. But you got to remember, if teams are simplifying it, it means that they have the pieces up front to be successful. Usually when you stunt and you keep on stunting time after time, it's because you're making up for something. It's because there's a liability on your defensive line. That's where the stunting comes into play usually. It's because you're trying to throw a curveball at somebody because you're, 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 you're kind of a liability, let's just say. Okay, thanks. And uh, I, I love the fact that the Jalen Suggs, I couldn't believe it was available for the Magic at five. My team seemed to like Jalen's uh, <laughs> between the Dolphins and the, the Magic. I think he has a chance to be a great player. What do you guys think about Wagner? Can he be a serviceable NBA player? 
because uh, I think Suggs has a chance to be a star in the league. I do too. I really like the Suggs pick. I don't I know how Suggs you don't no like brainer. the Suggs pick, yeah. right? I, I mean, that's he's a fun player to watch. You know what was interesting to me about Suggs? I remember saying this in the NCAA tournament. I didn't watch every Gonzaga game, but you watch enough of it. And this guy, to me, had tremendous like uh, uh, speed of the game, basketball IQ, uh, body control, because he liked to drive the lane, but he wouldn't go commit that offensive foul, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he really did a good job of knowing what was coming, like, a second earlier than everybody else. I, I thought you could see that the way he played. Let's see if that translates to the NBA, but I got a feeling Suggs, Suggs is a guy that obviously was a star in the college too, but I think his game will really translate to the NBA. Like, he has the chance to be a stud, and hopefully is a turnaround piece for the Magic because, listen, they got to turn it around again. Yeah. Oh, well, and then as far as Wagner is concerned, you know, guy can shoot. He's got a six nine, I believe, six ten. Um, we'll see with him. You know that they seem to they, they went after their guy right there. It seemed like so. That's kind of the trend these days in the NBA. You got to be tall. You got to be rangy. But you got to be able to shoot as well. I think in terms of rebuilding, the more shooters you have, the better. So I'm not mad at, at the Magic getting that guy either. Now, one question for you, South Beach, Gary. Is Will Fuller going to be okay? Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Oh, you didn't get to ask him. Tomorrow, maybe. Well, it's Saturday tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Monday. Monday. I'm yeah. working tomorrow. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just want to know, is, 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 is Will Fuller going to be okay? Because yeah. I could have swore when South Beach Gary called in to gloat about, you know, he's busting. He's busting, he said. Yeah. And what did I say? Yeah, that Will Fuller injury history. Let's just I make know. sure. Fire beware, okay, man. Okay, I think we got a hamstring no in training camp day three. Yeah, so we'll see uh, yeah. what happens there. By the way, another big injury to talk Oof. about. We'll do it We'll do it in a bit. We're getting to that. I'm not feeling good about my prediction now. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't anticipate that coming, by yeah, the way. But, and uh, Wentz is in best shape. Did you see him? Yeah. Actually, it looks like unbelievable. Uh, in yeah. terms of what he did to his body yeah. over the last, it looks like yeah, a totally different guy. Like if you, if you had put take the number away and you know all that stuff, you wouldn't even know it was Carson Wentz, in my opinion. No, he looked uh, really good. But anyway, we'll get to that big injury yeah. for Carson. Well, we'll see how big it is. We don't really know just yet. Let's get to Stephen before we hit a break. Uh, get some uh, another call in here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. Uh, phone's always open, by the way nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. What's happening, Stephen? Hey, not too much. How about you guys? We're good. Uh, question for Austin, because uh, I heard the interview uh, with Joe Cullen saying multiple fronts and everything, and then uh, just five-man, four-man, three-man. Could you possibly see him? I mean, my mad scientist brain just opened up and started thinking, hey, could Joe Cullen possibly, like, in multiple fronts, start throwing out some 5-2 or some 4-4 four, four, or even the 4-2-5 five with five DBs? Because, uh, like you say, like you guys have said, most of our players are versatile, and they have played multiple positions all over the defense. Thanks, Stephen. Even in our DB room. Yeah, appreciate the call, man. Have a good weekend. Uh, real quick, Go ahead. Uh, I heard Cullen say, he, it's funny he said that because he the way he referenced the yeah. DBs yeah, yeah. in the answer, I actually thought of that too. I was like, I wonder how many DBs are going to throw out there at one time? And the obvious with Tyson Campbell, C.J. Henderson, and – Shaquille Griffin. Yeah. You know, I mean, are they going to show some looks that might? Well, I'm not saying they're going to look like the Chargers did in the playoffs against Baltimore, but maybe that is a look they steal. I mean, you know, for sure. If you run a, it would be a 53, you'd probably call it. Um, 53 defense, that's to stop the run, obviously, right? So you play a team like the Tennessee Titans, possibly Indianapolis Colts. Can I see a 53 defense? Maybe once or twice, but I'll be honest with you, that puts a lot of pressure on your cornerbacks. Now, yeah, you have Shaq Griffin. 
seems to be the real deal. But how confident are you with C.J. Henderson right now? How confident are you with Tyson Campbell right now taking that other guy? Man-to-man coverage with no help in the back. No help, yeah. Probably not that confident. So I don't think we're going to see a lot of 53 defense, but to stop the run, why not? Would it be on like a first down against Tennessee? I oh, mean, I mean, that's what, you know that's what it has to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, be interesting. But also now they got Julio Jones and AJ, you know, uh, oh, yeah, they AJ got Brown. Julio Jones, I forgot about him. He, he's okay. Yeah. When he's healthy, he's Heard pretty good. Before. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah. hey. Might not want why that You one. want to pump the brakes yeah. on 53 and yeah. putting them in man coverage like with CJ Henderson? As we hit the break, I don't Henderson. like that at all. <laughs> no, let's not try that against them. Uh, hey, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6. I want to talk more Josh Allen. We come back uh, in just a bit here on a Friday.